the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. Yes, we are. The time is 6.05 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We are trying to make sense of the coronavirus and uh, and God's providence and sovereignty over it all. And uh, we're glad that you've joined us. Let's see here. The number is one 367 5329 If you want to join in the conversation, I think we may have one line open. Yes. <clears throat> One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let me go to line number uh, two and talk with Dan from Sonoma. Dan, are you there? Yes. Um, in answer to one of the questions you asked, I am not really coming for help with it, but um, I mentioned to your audience that temptation has hit me in case it might be helpful to them. Okay. That not being able to go to church sometimes feels like a judgment on me because of some of the dumb sins I've committed over the last four and a quarter years. Mm. I mean, I've sat in church and listened to the Word. I'm home, I'm studying the Bible during the week, and I still see myself (laughs) having done really stupid things at times. And uh, we could discuss that, I guess. Right. Well, think about what you're saying, because I I do want to have that conversation. And I I think if we had three hours, um, we could talk about it at length, because... Uh, worship is a discipline um, that can only be sustained at the highest level uh, when when we when we are operating out of a a priority of focus and commitment to God, you know, with all of our spiritual senses. And any of us can collapse into Dan like stupid behavior, stupid patterns, particularly when we don't have a healthy self accountability structure to make sure that we don't get distracted and get stupid. And that, you know, God loves us enough, according to his word, and you know his word as well as I do on many levels, is that when he gives us imperatives and he gives us admonitions, it's so that we can either not succumb to distractions or overcome those distractions and get back, get back on the straight line without any uh, self-incriminating, uh, you know, uh, statements, disclosures, you know, what, 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 how would you be able to share something that might be a challenge for our brothers and sisters out there who are struggling now with not having a place to go when it comes to worship? Well, one thing I'm careful to do, because I'm listening to the Word, I'm also uh, seeing how it fits together to apply the Word and, uh, you know, I'm I'm staying not isolated. I'm staying in touch with my church brethren and friends over the phone, over yeah. the internet, yeah. over email, and so forth. I stay in touch and asking them questions. I right. call people up regularly and stay in touch with about five or ten different people. Very good. Pray for them as I might, and so forth. And uh, then um, I'm reading articles that apply the word to the situations that we're in. Right. Uh. By the way, it's kind of a digression, but I'm not going. This is so quick. I took yeah. that one figure you gave of nine thousand people and divided it by 111, and for some reason, I got about 81 
and I was trying to get the percentage, how many percent of, of 111 is, is uh, uh, 9,000. So that was a... Somebody will call in with that, Charlie. Okay. Anyway, and and why did, what I was the just, number? Give me, remind me why I gave you that number. Because it was one of the countries of how many people died versus how oh, many yeah, had contracted the virus of 9,000. Um, right. I just people don't isolate and try to... Uh, you know, continue to study the some of the things you brought up this evening, a pr- prophetic application, yep. uh, uh, theology, uh, study Christ. You know, the more that I get this, the more I understand that he, he paid a tremendous debt for all of us, yep. an incalculable yep. ransom for many he paid. Yep. I heard Alex, uh, Alex uh, I can't even say his Al- name. Alistair Begg. <laughs> Yeah, I heard Alistair Begg speaking about that. I've heard you speaking about that. I heard Phil Howard speaking about it. Y'all agree. Yeah. What, uh, Jesus Christ uh, paid uh, enough uh, in his suffering and in his uh, generosity and in his uh, awareness of what he willingly did for yeah. the Heavenly Father, tasting the cup of wrath for all humanity, that it, it covers... What is needed for anyone to be saved through that? And, yep. uh, you know, so my my own actions, I don't really, it, you know, when I want to ask this other friend of mine that's kind of betrayed me and one other friend by, by not allowing my friend to read Christian books. I want to ask him if he has ever been drawn to Christ in such a way as to request Christ to wash his sins away. All right. Because that's the key thing right there. Just do, Are you drawn to Jesus Christ in such a way that you want Jesus Christ to stand up for you and take your sins particularly on, on his plate? You know, because it, well, you don't want to look at this in general, but it's for nope. Jesse over there and it's for Mark. Yeah. You want to look at that this is for Dan, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good, good thoughts. Good, good, good meditation. Was there any other uh, thought that you want to contribute to our dialogue and thread today? No, you just continue and work on that. There's uh, some curiosity here, but you guys are going to handle it, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep us Thank in prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying God allowing us to continue this kind of dialogue. <clears throat> I'll tell you what um, uh, uh, Gordon Clark would say about uh, the the. Um, the, the the I don't want to call it menial uh, reality of uh, fleshly presence, but in his understanding of the nature uh, and reality of God in terms of his essential being ontologically, we're spirit. And, and that being the case, my brothers and sisters, in a real way, the physical element is uh, significantly subordinate to the spiritual element. And what I mean by that. Uh, Dan, we are as close as we could ever be in terms of real communication in the spirit and by the spirit because our spirits are communicating right now as richly and as propositionally uh, impactful as we could as if we were present with each other physically. There are some significant benefits to the physical presence, but boy, look how good God is to allow us to continue in that rich spiritual authentic, genuine connection by virtue of propositional truth 
of which we all can identify with simply because we are in union with the one true and the living God. And he allows his word to go forth as he does unimpeded and uh, unhindered unfettered uh, through a medium like this as it's as if we are all in each other's presence. And so we don't ever want to forget that. Thank you for the call. Let me go to line number. Um, is that what I say? Three. Uh, yeah, I guess it's line number three and talk with Gloria from Winnipeg, Canada. Gloria, are you there? Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Great. Thanks I, for the I, uh... call. Thanks for your patience. What's going on? I, I just wanted to say, I thank God for you. Hmm. Um, I've been listening to you now for at least, oh, maybe seven years. I just can't believe how I ever found you even. Uh, I've been enjoying your messages and being taught so much. Sometimes it's a little almost too deep for me. True. I get it. Because when you um, have not been raised <clears throat> in this teaching, uh, anyhow... Um, I just wanted to thank you, and um, it's hard for me to talk. But well, can I can I make a uh, <clears throat> can I make a comment and and then kind of tie a, a thread of tension that I know actually exists? I appreciate your call, um, and 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 from time to time I get this very response that I'm getting from Gloria. I, I, I perceive that in my generation, Gloria, <clears throat> that a lot of ministries, a lot of pastors have dropped the ball personally. And I'm saying this with all humility. There are really good pastors out there. I know them, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and they do a great job in, in exposition and teaching and preaching of the scriptures. I, I know that. Um, but what I believe has been a consistent diet of utterly uh, shallow teaching over the last 50 years of my human experience where men and women don't have the capacity to endure sound doctrine, which is what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. The time is coming when, when, when men and women will not be able to endure sound doctrine. And I explained that several months ago um, as we unpacked it, the, the danger of perilous times into which we live, where people really only want to have their ears tickled and they really only want to have soothsayers giving them the kind of messages that fundamentally are fabulistic in nature that carry within those messages an emotional feel-good kind of self-centered, man-centered affirmation of who they are versus the nature of biblical truth that communicates to us when men are qualified the character of God. And there is nothing about the character of God that we should ever expect to be so simplistic that we can be bored with God. That while God has made himself known to us in the gospel and in the person of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, he can be understood, but it's only through humble, hunger, passionate commitment to leaning into the mystery of godliness and the revelation 
of God in the person of Christ, of which the apostles said the same thing you're saying, Gloria. These things were hard for them to understand. They were difficult for them to comprehend. And Paul's teaching, which we enjoy for decades now, were things that the apostles had a difficult time comprehending. And here's the key. And, and the second one is like unto it. The first is you have to have an interest in God in Christ. And when the soul has an interest in God, in Jesus Christ, Christ will continue to bring you to him, even if you don't fully comprehend him, even if you don't fully understand his presence in his preaching and the proclamation of the word, the soul still feeds on him. As the disciples said in John 6, 68, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we've all found ourselves dealing with the infinitude of God's wisdom at the same time, the availability of his truth as it is opened up by the spirit of God so that we keep coming to the well of grace and growing little by little by little until one day what we are now seeing in a glass dimly and uh, this sort of uh, thimble, uh, thimble full of uh, rich uh, water of grace that we drink from this massive sea of, of uh, available truth that's in God, it sustains us to the degree that it does. So I say that only to say keep drinking and keep engaging because the very hunger in your soul for God, Gloria, is a gift from God. Not everybody has it. I just wanted to say that... Um it's very difficult for me. Um, I was part of a fellowship, but we were listening to somebody in the States. Okay. And, uh, but I really didn't have really any fellowship. Uh, right. Um, I think, have we had this conversation before? No, no, I've never had the privilege of talking to you. And okay. I'm not very good on the computer, but... I've talked to your secretary a few times, very lovely secretary, yeah, um, yeah. and I, I try to get my husband to, we give to the, to the fellowship whenever we can. Sure. But, uh, yeah, but it's right now we're just, we're having a hard time. Um, I don't understand some things. <laughs> uh, what do you mean, in terms of personal issues? Yeah. Okay. Well, does your does your husband do email well? Pardon me. Does your husband know how to write emails? Uh yes, but uh, well, my husband. Don't get me wrong. I love him and adore him, but he's not really he's not really in the word. He loves your preaching off and on, but he won't listen to for too long. I get it. I get it. I get and, it. We're going to pray uh, that he's, he's on his way. Pardon me? We're going to pray that he's on his way. Yeah. And my son has ter totally turned his back because uh, he went to his pastors and said that he was having an issue uh, with the flesh. And oh. they turned on him, and, and his wife turned on him at one Bible study, and accused him of, uh, of something that he said to me, Mom, I would never, never, never do that. Right. And so he's kind of has turned his back because my one and only grandson has uh, autism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And we gave up, I gave up everything, and I find myself wondering, why should I do this, God? Why have I made such stupid decisions? Well, I gave up everything to move in, mm-hmm. and to be here constantly to help and do different, and contribute as much as I can, but really no life to, for my husband and I. Like, we just have a little room, and... Well, you, you, you hold on, on. listen... I, you hold on. I got to take a break and pay some bills. You hold on. <clears throat> the Lord is going to come through for you because our prayer team, most of my prayer team listens to the Monday uh, edition of Lifeline. And your name is already Gloria from Winnipeg and her family are already tagged for um, for prayer. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again real soon. And maybe you'll be able to give us a praise report because we're going to lift you up significantly. Uh, Gloria, thank you for your call. Karen, you hold on from Placerville. I've got three lines open, one 367 5329 Call me, 1-888-367-5329. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 629 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, had a really good last segment there with our sister, Gloria, you guys keep her in prayer. By the way, you guys know we're going to be on tomorrow. I want you to watch me, 6.30 to 7.30 um, at grace-bible.com, 6.30 to 7.30. And from 7.30 to 8 o'clock, we're going to have a time of prayer. That means I'm going to be encouraging you to email me at gbc, all lowercase, gbchayward at gmail.com, gbchayward at gmail.com. In fact, if you have a prayer request now of some urgency and some need, you can email me now and we will be praying with lots of people on our live stream tomorrow night at 7.30 um, for all prayer needs. We all need to be praying right now for so many issues. GBC Hayward, that's Grace Bible Church in Hayward, but it's gbchayward at gmail.com. You can uh, uh, email your prayer request now and it will be in the front of the line once we take the stack of prayer requests and begin to address them. I've got two lines open, one 367 5329 if you want to call, one 367 5329 Let me go to line number four and talk with Karen from Placerville. Karen, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Hi Karen, how are you? Good. Um, I was one of the 2,000 people who watched your live stream on Sunday. Well, my family, my husband and my daughter and I. Awesome. Thank you for, for doing that. That was our first time, and we had a, a few glitches, but eventually it worked out. How were you able to bear up under uh, uh, the about an hour and a half preaching? It was awesome. Good. I listen to you all the time, Pastor Jesse, so I'm used to your... I listen to you over and over again, and actually I listen to the Sunday School Preparations Overview of Revelation. Okay. Okay. So I... I really have been blessed because I think I talked to you sometime uh, a couple of weeks ago about being frustrated with our pastor's teaching on Revelation, and mm-hmm. so I was mm-hmm. really, really mm-hmm. blessed. It's making so much more sense. I mean, I was never buying into the rapture aspect of it, and all the little pieces are coming together, and I'm, I'm really 
I'm blessed. <laughs> Good. Please be patient because what I'm doing is I'm laying a foundation right now that's much more exhortational. It is expositional, uh -huh. but it's pastoral, and you can see why. Yeah. But at some point, I'm going to put all four views out there and demonstrate the strengths and weaknesses of those views over against what I believe is the organic nature of the book of Revelation, which should never be just trapped by somebody's uh, eschatological presuppositions. It just destroys the beauty of the relationship between Christ and his people. When you just let that book preach itself, it's a beautiful expose of the intimacy of a shepherd with his sheep in a difficult world. And we're in a difficult world right now. So uh, what, what, what's your question or observation about what's going on these days? Well, I, I was wanting to share my particular burden, and uh, I guess it's also prayer. Um, I have loved ones uh, who are, I like to say, mentally disordered, because I... I, I, I and there, this one is living in a car. Right. Um, and um, it's very difficult. They don't right. have a phone. And to know whether they're safe. I mean, the last time we talked, they, this one was had a cold. You understand? So yeah, it's do. very, very difficult to be um, loving someone who you can't care for, you see? And right. that's my burden. Right. And also for just these people who are mentally disordered and the world is falling apart and their grip on reality, you know, they're frightened. That that can really acerbate the situation. And people who are frightened act crazy. And so that's they my do. burden, just, just for pastoral care for these people. I mean, when and for people who are out there, and if you see someone on the street who's... who's they're frightened, and yeah. just to get out of your own fear of these people, and to to try to minister and be, have compassion, and be prayerful, and see if there's something that the Spirit would lead you to do to help to lift I agree. Them. I agree. Had a situation I, about um, <clears throat> maybe a year ago um, in our prayer group, which is I just love our prayer group, and talking with my son-in-law right now, Karen, about how to actually maximize. Um, a space, uh, you know, in the um, in the virtual world of, of internet, by those of us who are recognizing the blessing of it now. I mean, at least we can we can worship together uh, and not be, you know, hindered by by you know government decrees. And we, we're going to actually have to do that in, in the context of prayer. So we're kind of modeling that right now on Tuesday nights at seven thirty. Um, so I want to I want to see how that goes. At some point, I'll be able to do a Skype with everybody, and we'll be able to kind of talk and chat for an hour or two, like we're doing now, uh, around around prayer needs and getting things done. But had a beloved sister who was part of our prayer group a couple of years ago that had uh, this was a year ago actually, but it had been going on several years. This situation that you're sharing with me. Uh, this intimate situation of a loved one that we know is living um, a, a precarious life out there, uh, homeless with some with some challenges. This is not uncommon. You are not by yourself uh, on in any stretch of imagination. You are not by yourself. And I remember us, uh, you know, uh, engaging our beloved sister around praying about it. And, uh, and and believing God to um, do a couple of things for her. First, she hadn't heard from them in a long time because, you know, that's what they do. They kind of disappear. And, you know, if, if they don't contact you, we don't know where they are and what they're up to. 
And that's going to be a trial for, uh, for the heart of a mother, uh, the heart of a grandmother, believe me. And, but you have to, this is where you and I have to be driven to prayer and understand that if we are driven to prayer about these kind of situations, then the Spirit of God is shaping our character. He's bringing us into the sufferings of Christ at a more uh, familial level. He's allowing us to actually learn how to be sympathetic and empathetic for the plight of people who are less fortunate than us, which is an overcoming of our endemic selfishness. We are selfish by nature. And if God doesn't give us missional burdens like this, missional burdens, we will not waste any time thinking about the people that are on the street or anywhere else. And so rather than it just being an anonymous Lazarus out there uh, over which we walk like the rich men did, it will be a Lazarus out there with the face of a daughter, the face of a son, the face of a brother or a sister, or a face of a, uh, a spouse or a loved one that now makes it much more personal and much more missional. And really what Christ means for us to be is that way with humanity. And so your appeal to us to be more thoughtful <clears throat> is so timely because I'm experiencing that. My wife is as we go out and we are now, you know, like I stated, uh, experiencing the joyful uh, atmosphere of a of a southern like state where there are not that many cars on the road, that many, not that many people in the stores. And everybody now has an opportunity to be polite and to talk with each other and not be so wrapped up in what we do. It's a beautiful experience. And if anything, this trial that we're going through is going to create that kind of new trajectory for people. Because once we go back to our normalcy, now Europe and Placerville, I know Placerville also, beautiful place. I just love it, particularly uh, during the uh, snow season. I don't know if that's true for you, but I just love it when it's snowing up there. Believe me, I just it's just fabulously God's country in that regard. Uh, and it don't take me but two and a half hours to get up there if I want to just go wallow in the snow and kind of turn into a snowflake. But the, uh, the, the, the attitude that you're demonstrating, uh, Karen, is something with which I would say to you, uh, understand two things. Don't ever let it go away. Don't let your heart ever be hardened. But don't let your heart be overwhelmed either to where you are paralyzed and your faith suffers because burdens are not designed to cause our faith to suffer. Burdens are designed to cause our faith to grow. We have to believe that God is able to operate outside of the boundaries of our limitations when we are clear on our limitations. And then to trust God that through prayer, because he really does hear us, he can actually send his angels in whatever forms he does to meet the needs of our brothers and sisters who are in those straits. I cannot tell you how many times in our prayer group where we have victory, um, what are called praise reports, where we will pray one week and the next week, uh, like this beloved loved one's anonymous uh, child who had been homeless and, and mentally challenged and living in their car for years, just out of the blue call. And the next thing you know, there was a connection and all of the fears that go on in our mind about what if was completely dissolved and there was shouting and praise and, and thanking God. And he can do that, particularly where we all are operating on the premise of knowing the true and the living God and Jesus as our mediator. And we can pray that through as we're going to do for you as well um, uh, tomorrow, Karen. 
Um, and I know the brothers and sisters are doing it now. So I just want to encourage you along those lines. Do not despair. I don't. Okay. I don't, Pastor. Thank you so much. I, I, I agree with you that I get to, one of the privileges of, of this experience is getting a, a glimpse into the father's heart as he, yep. you know, the, prod, the, the prodigal child and the, prod, yep. the father, the father who watched down the road. And I get to, that's, that's a privilege that I get yep. a sense of his heart. I get a peek into his heart. And I, like you said, sharing the, the fellowship of his sufferings, he suffers. Um, with his yep. unreconciled children, and and I have not grown weary in doing well, and I have a small group. We we call it the Moms Prodigal Prayer Group, and we band together. As a matter of fact, we met last Thursday, even though you know it was ten of us and doing social distancing, and we prayed. We prayed for our children. We prayed for our prodigals. There you and go. I cherish that. I cherish that time. It was a blessed time, and we're not giving that up. We're going to socially distance, but we're going to do it. I agree. I, listen, there's a, I, I've been saying it for years. Things have the ability to get so worse than they are now. That's why we want to count our blessings for what we have, because we could be uh, we could be limited to nothing but prayer. And that would be all right with me, sister. I can tell you now, um, if we were limited to nothing but prayer, prayer is more powerful than anything, and I'm not even contending against the need for the gospel and its instrumentality to save and call and sanctify and keep and, and build and use the people of God, but prayer is direct, immediate, infallible uh, contact with the true and living God, and, and may God strengthen our faith to the level that we can believe that and therefore exercise it uh, until he comes. I know this, Jesus said in Luke 18, as he gave the parable concerning the persistent woman with the judge, he says, when the son of man comes back to earth, will he find that kind of faith on the earth where she persistently dogged that judge until he avenged her of her enemies. The analogy is that of the believer uh, thronging the throne of grace until God actually answers our prayers. We got to believe God for it. And so whatever we do, saints, don't let the candlestick go out in the temple of your heart because that is the way we bear witness to the world that there's only one place to find the light. Listen, sister, thank you for the call. Looking forward to hearing from you again. Let me go to line number, I guess it's going to be line number two and talk with Brother Mark from Martinez. Mark, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you? I'm all right. I um, I also listened to your uh, your. Um, your your sermon on Sunday. Okay, thank you. Your, What's up, man? Because you're preaching on Revelation, and I thought that would be appropriate for what's going on. So the question I have in regards to the uh, coronavirus is there's a lot of talk about a vaccine, and then there's also a lot of talk about proving you've taken the vaccine. You know, I, I hear these things are different things on the Internet, different Christian, and I'm trying to trying to find out what the truth is. So they say it might be a mark on your hand, like a quantum dot tattoo you have to take. And that's right. So there's a trend, I guess you could say, among some ministers, or not many, but some, saying that this coronavirus is going to lead to a, to a mark on your hand or a requirement to do something to show that you're healed or you don't have it or something. Right. I just want to get your right. take on that. Right. So let me say this very quickly, because I'm getting that question all the time while I'm working through the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Having fear of a tattoo 
having fear of a computer chip, microchip in your skin, on your body, is completely baseless. It has no basis in any kind of theological or, uh, or, or biblical worldview whatsoever. We ought not to misinterpret Revelation chapter uh, 13 that way. When I deal with it in a few weeks, we will clearly demonstrate that the terminology there in Revelation chapter 13 does not admit of this kind of wild-eyed Tim LaHaye and many of the present-day newspaper interpreters of the book of Revelation, and there are many of them, particularly of our premillennial dispensational uh, uh, eschatological ill. And unfortunately, I have to say that because they have uh, profited on the fear of people for decades now, and they still pipe out a pre-mill position that asserts a kind of uh, Star Wars or Twilight Zone interpretation of that text, completely ignoring historical interpretation, completely ignoring contextual interpretation. They tout the uh, three methods of biblical interpretation, literal, historical, and grammatical, and they avoid all of that. They just jump right into wild-eyed speculations of things that actually have no correlation to the purpose and design of that language in Revelation chapter uh, 13. I will be dealing with the sealed judgments, actually the sealing of God's people in Revelation 7 this week. And I will therefore, uh, to some degree, demonstrate the parity between being sealed by God and being stamped by Satan. And when I touch on it, I'm not going to unpack it fully until I get to Revelation 13, but I'm going to demonstrate the parity or the antithesis or the contrast between God graciously, powerfully sealing his own and Satan tyrannically, uh, mercilessly, mercilessly uh, controlling his own and making them his slaves. And that's what the whole book of Revelation is about. Those who worship the true and the living God and those who make war against him because they're governed by the beast. But this notion of uh, the mark of the beast being some kind of tag, like it used to be the social security number, and it used to be the credit card, and it used to be all kinds of existential uh, numbers by which humanity must be censused. We've always had that. Jesus' parents had to go through census. We all have to go through census. You can't live in this world without a form of census. There will be a lot of positive benefits about these ID chips that will be to our benefit as well. We won't be able to uh, fully eradicate some of the nemesis dangers that come with them, but they have nothing, Mark, at all to do with the mark of the beast, if you will, that um, is being described in Revelation chapter 13. And I hope to be able to bring some clarity to that in the weeks to come. Listen, I got to take a break, pay some bills. James, you and I are up for the last call of the evening. Great question, Mark. Keep listening as you can, and we will dig deep into that and deal with it more fully next time. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Uh, we are back. Time is six fifty. We've got ten minutes in our second. If you want to try to call, you may one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I do want to say one more time before I go to the phone line that we will be on tomorrow night, Tuesday at six thirty to seven thirty, preaching through the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. As I share with Mark, we certainly will be doing that one. Uh, and the website is grace-bible.com. If you want to join us in the live stream version of the teaching tomorrow night, 
from 6.30 to 7.30. Then from 7.30 to 8, we will be praying. And I'm encouraging you to take up um, our email address, gbchayward at gmail.com and send in your prayer requests. Join us in the ministry of the roundtable on live stream as we go into the book of Revelation deeper and deeper and deeper and understand its implications for you and me right now. The book is as relevant today as it was in the days of Christ and the apostles. We need to hear from him more explicitly today than we ever have in our lives. So I want you to join us uh, tomorrow at 6.30 on grace-bible.com. Let's go to line number three and talk with James from the Bay. James, are you there, my brother? Yes, my brother. Can you hear me, Pastor Jay? I can. What's going on, man? Well, you know, I'm just touching bases. I'm just really here some grace in the moment uh, right about now. I hope you and everybody is doing well, which I can hear you are. Uh, you know, it's just really interesting, you know, what we're faced with now, you know, with uncharted territory. But right. you know, what I've been, med- I've been meditating on is yet just that I can't, I mean, you have to hear me out. I can't think of a better scenario to get back, to get uh, a relationship right. I mean, when I look at something called social media, I think social media has done more to de-socialize us than it has meant to bring us together. I mean, Agreed. I look at where our relationships now are more shallow than what they've ever been in the 60 years that I've been on the planet. I mean, in the church and out of church. Agreed. I believe at a time such as now, now we can give us time, especially as believers, to get our vertical relationship right with Daddy as far as getting a relationship with him. And then from there, extend that to our horizontal relationship with each other. If, I mean, even within the church, you know that saying, uh, uh, that saying about the churches, our churches, our Christian churches are mile wide, only in each deep. You know, True. we have to... We have to get we have to get better than that. And I think this is a perfect time to do that. With my wife, she asked me, you know, you know, how long would this last? You know, it's starting to feel trapped. And I'm thinking like this: I don't feel trapped. I feel pretty good right about it. now. Granted, I'm blessed because you know the governor funded the school system which I work for, so I'm grateful. So I don't have any anxiety because of that. And I guess definitely what's going on can't bring about. A lot of anxiety, you know, for example, asking how long this is going to last. I said, look, the future is not promised to us anyway. We'll have to, this is the day that he has made. We've got to rejoice and be glad in this day, you know. Because if we start focusing on next week, next month, it's not even here yet, I don't see that as being healthy at all. I agree. Uh, I agree totally with everything that you have just stated. I think I would frame it a little bit, and I'm only doing that because... I'm, I'm a third party to a dialogue between a man and his wife, and I know how that goes. The man and the wife dialogue is almost always a dialectical process. I'm just letting you know. Uh, we should do better than that, but we often don't. Uh, it's black and white, and across the board, we have our views. Um, uh, but you've already given the caveat, which is really good. First and foremost, yes, shallowness has actually become the evident token of the characterization of relationships and that's why they come and go so easily easily 
and uh, our our newest forms of media outlet have uh, aided and abetted in that, but it didn't initiate it. It's just been going on for the last 50, 60, 70 years because of a wholesale carnality in our in our world. Uh, materialism will do that to you and a lack of foundational truth as the foundation of our identity. That's been going for a long time, so people are, are intrinsically shallow. Uh, they have been able to uh, exacerbate or, or rather uh, uh, expand that shallowness via uh, sources like the internet where they can become their own Lilliputian, that is their own little god, and have you know four or five people like them, or four or five hundred people like them, or four or five million people like them until they do something stupid and then get dropped. So this is your surreal world of shallow people. But now notice what God does with it. This is where we have to always have a redemptive view of everything that's going on, because very seldom does God allow a thing to take place on a universal level with a universal scope and a universal application as he has done with the forms of communication that you and I are engaged in now, without it having a kind of underlying uh, redemptive principle to it. In, any, in every aspect of communication around the world where wickedness is absolutely absurd and over the top and wretched and abominable, equally at the same time, not, with not as much prominence because the nature of the gospel is that she's not a harlot out there in the middle of the street uh, lifting up her skirt and showing her, her tits. Uh, the, the, the gospel woman is a wise woman who uses discretion to uh, reach the very same simpleton men who are void of understanding as the proverb uses the metaphor to call them unto the reality of God in Christ, a covenant relationship with him through the gospel and the elect or those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness as you hear it in the overture of the bride and the spirit in Revelation 22, 17. The elect will become hungry. The elect will become weary. The elect will become troubled. The elect will become tired. The elect will become desperate. And then the elect will become, that is, be quickened by the Spirit of God to hear, even in these resources that you and I are dealing with now, and find fresh waters in the midst of the murky waters and drink from the river of grace in a medium like we're doing now and find salvation. So we want to turn and pivot right along with God, if he should be pleased to use this, and take this resource and be a blessing and bless others uh, through it so long as we have it. Because... Quite frankly, in the same way that God has allowed other blessings to be taken from us, he could allow communication to be taken from us as well. There could be a day where the two witnesses are laying in the street of Sodom and Egypt, and that is in the midst of the false church that collaborates with the beast system of politics and power, and the gospel no longer be preached, and the word of God no longer be heard, and the witness is dead, and now the whole world is rejoicing in the uh, mire and steeped in the kind of paganism that is absolutely abominable, but would be a precursor to God's coming. So let's just pray that God will continue to use this medium for his glory and the exaltation of Christ and the call of lost sinners into his kingdom. We're at the end of the time and uh, on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Thank you, my brother, for calling. Thank you, uh, Mark from Martinez, Karen from Placerville, Gloria from Winnipeg, Dan, Mark, all you guys, you made a wonderful program on this Monday show. Meet us. Uh, Lord willing, we'll meet again next Monday. In the meanwhile, keep up with us at grace dash 
Bible.com, grace-bible.com. It was good being with you. We're winding it down now. What I would say to all of you guys is in the midst of this uh, shelter for cover, keep your eyes on Christ and let him be your shelter and let him be your cover. Until next time, God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.